Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. Today is Tiger Talk. We're here on a Saturday afternoon. Again, sorry to all you Tigers fans for coming out a little late this week, but uh, we had to make sure we had all the notes right for this week because a lot happened this week. So first off, let me introduce my co-host, the man behind the mask, the baseball man of all baseball, Matt Cripps. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. That's some creative right there. All right. Uh, a lot happened this past week. Uh, last This past week, was a trade deadline on a Wednesday. So uh, we got a lot to cover from the games that happened over this past week to uh, all the players the Tigers traded and got. So let's get underway. Let's start with the uh, Seattle series. Uh, pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah, not a good start for Drew Verhagen, giving up six, giving up seven runs, six, six of them earned runs and four innings pitch while striking out four and walking four. Uh, gave up one homer in the, in the loss. Um just really it's just not a good start it was his first start out of the rotation this year and just not not too pretty yeah uh Verhagen would you say he's one of those arms that hasn't really developed over the time that he's been here in the Tigers organization I mean I kind of see him as a bullpen piece piece maybe an opener and then a primary guy or this is coming from the man who doesn't like opener and primary well it's just I'm not. I'm just not a big fan of it. I mean, I like. I kind of like having a five-man rotation. But if, if Verhagen, if he's going to pitch as a starter, he's going to have to pitch good. And that first start, uh, he did okay. He did okay the first couple of innings, but all of a sudden, everything you know, just fell to pieces. He gave up a grand slam. I believe it was to Tim Beckham, and. And it just fell apart. Well, that that was the major piece of the lowlights. Let's get into the couple of the highlights that were in this uh, uh, blowout here. Um, John Hicks uh, hitting his sixth home run of the season. He really needed that. His average has been below 200 all season. Our, our catchers have been a combined about 170 hitting uh, average. Um, the ne- <laughs> The next best thing. Uh, and most of you are going to like this. Tigers had less errors than the Mariners in this game. They only had one where the Mariners had two. It's not a big difference, but hey, at least uh, we weren't the ones out there making all the mishaps in that game. Yeah, I mean, so you, so the Mariners made a couple of errors, but they, they didn't let them come back to haunt them. I mean, the Mariners have been a huge disappointment this year. They got off to a really good start in the month of April. I believe they were 13-2 and two in their first 15 games to start the season, and then all of a sudden... Uh, I think their defense has struggled. Their their hitting has not performed well, and their pitching has not performed well. So, it's quite a disappointing for disappointment for Seattle Mariners fans. They they they've acquired a lot of veterans like Edwin Encarnacion, Jay Bruce, Domingo Santana, uh, but those those guys didn't really work out. They ended up trading Encarnacion to the Yankees. Jay Bruce is now on the Phillies. Uh, Santana is still on the team to this day. Yeah, well, uh, moving here into uh, game two, Tigers then went on to lose that game as well, three to two. Obviously, they got swept in the series, but we're just going to keep talking about these individually. This game, not as bad as game one. Only lost three to two. Norris went six and a third, five hits, only gave up two runs, uh, only walked one, and uh, struck out eight. That was a big game for him because normally he's only known to pitch four or five innings. So that was a really good performance from Norris in that game. It pitched well enough to get the victory. Unfortunately, just came up short. The bullpen, it 
It was strong. It was strong, but unfortunately, Cisnero, who gives up a two-out walk-off home run, uh, that was it hurt. The, it hurt the team, you know. And you know, stuff like that happens. You're going to give up home runs, and sometimes it ends up costing you the game. So that's and Cisnero is still young. I don't. I don't blame him. That why the Tigers lost. He's still young. It he you're, it it just happens sometimes, you know. It it just happens. But now here's my question: He gives out a uh, two out walk off home run. Uh, I believe it was tied at the time, or actually, yeah, it was tied at the time. Um, and uh, you think uh, even in that scenario with the game being tied, you think a green or a more reliable arm should have been out there other than Cisnero? Well, I mean, they can't use Shane Green all the time. I mean. You know, well, obviously now they can't use them anymore. We'll get into it a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you got to give some of these arm, young arms a chance. You know, you know, as Ron Gardenhire said, he doesn't want the wear out the bullpen because there are guys getting hurt, getting killed out there. But no, I mean, you know, the rotation has got to. He wants his stars to go deep, and Norris did go deep. You know, he went six and a thirds, which is good. I mean the. It's it it would be nice if if a starter could actually have a complete game for once. I don't think we've had that this year. I'm gonna say I think this has probably been the first year in a long time that we've had a complete game. I think last year, if I recall, one starter that went uh the entire way through the game was uh, Matt Boyd. I believe he got his first ever complete game last year. Um, but now let's move into game three. So Tigers went from losing three to two in game two. And uh, back to their uh, getting blown out ways in uh, game three, losing eight to one. Uh, starting pitcher uh, Tyler Alexander uh, only went four and a third in this game, uh, gave up four earn, uh, one walk, eight hits, and nine strikeouts. But uh, the guys who came in afterward, the guy who came in afterwards, uh, Nick Ramirez, uh, Cripps, he didn't really, uh, he didn't really do much better. No, no, I mean, he just wasn't, he just didn't look like himself. I mean, but. I mean, Ramirez has done good since coming out of the bullpen for the Tigers all season, but game three was just one of those games where you just don't have it, you know, an inning and two-thirds pitched, um, you know, but what I want to talk about is Gregory Soto. I mean, he he pitched two innings without giving up a run on three hits. He struck out four and only walked two. I mean, we've seen Soto as an opener, and then Nick Ramirez as a primary, but Soto now is, for now, pitching out of the bullpen, these days for the Tigers. It seems like he's kind of moving towards the back of that bullpen a little bit. Yes, yes, something like that. I mean, could you see this guy being a back of the bullpen kind of guy here uh, a little bit down the road, maybe in the next couple seasons? Maybe maybe I could see him as a setup guy. I mean. Because as of right now, they're looking at uh, Jimenez as being that uh, closer. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like the idea. Put Joe in as the closer's role. I mean, I'd. Not really surprised that Joe Jimenez is the closer, but I think we should uh, save this topic a little bit later in the in today's episode. But but Soto, I could see him as like a maybe a setup guy, maybe a seventh or eighth inning guy. Uh, but and the Tigers also got guys. I think who should who should pitch the eighth inning? Should it be Buck Farmer or? Well, as of right now, it looks like Farmer's the guy to be pitching that inning. And another guy I was going to mention was Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah, a guy who. Again, uh, his kind of shuffle from a couple different teams. We talked about that a little bit last week. 
um, but now he's here in Detroit, and uh, he hasn't seemed uh, too bad. He, he seemed like he's kind of, you know, starting to get his bearings under him again. Um, but now let's move into game four here, which was the last game in the uh, in the Seattle series. Uh, this one ended up going into extras. We pitched one extra inning, uh, ended up losing that game three to two. So again, back to close game. It seems like it's very inconsistent when it comes to the games where uh, we're either getting blown out or just right in the game. But uh, another strong outing by the starting pitcher, Matt Boyd. Uh, he went six and a third, three hits, one earned run. Yeah, he walked three, but this man struck out ten. How many times this year has he struck out ten-plus batters in a game? That's, that's a lot to talk about. Uh, but not many highlights really going in this game for the Tigers. Matt, how about you break that down a little bit? Well, I mean, Nico Goodrum hits his tenth home run of the season, and that – and and also uh, Harold Castro uh, with an RBI single, which which scored the second run of the game for the Tigers. They led two nothing, uh, but unfortunately the bullpen bull, bullpen wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. But it wasn't good. No, but you got th- This was a heartbreaking loss, and I want the one thing I want to talk about. Boy, this was possibly his final start as a Tiger, but he's still on the team, which. It's kind of right about my three predictions that we did in in a in an earlier episode, but we'll get to that a little bit later, a little bit later in the show. But right now we got the uh, the Angels series coming up. A lot happened in this Angels series this week because this Angels series did end up happening uh, while the trade deadline was going on. But uh, Matt, how about you start us out with Game One? You you've been talking about this man ever since we started this podcast. So you start out with Game One and what's been and what happened in Game One here. Well, I, I should take back what I said about Jordan Zimmerman not being able to pitch. Uh, he did a tremendous job giving up just two earned runs on four hits and pitching in five and one-third of an inning, struck out with only two strikeouts. He didn't walk anyone. He gave up, He did give up a home run. This was his first win since September 5th, 2018, so it's been a while, and We've been waiting. We've been waiting for Zimmerman to get his first win of the season. It finally happened on Monday night. Talk about a long time coming, man. This guy, he just, ever since, like we've said before in past episodes about him being able to pitch, uh, we were thinking that, uh, you know, only his first month being in a Tigers uniform, which was back in, I believe, 2015 or so, that was the only time he really ever looked like the Jordan Zimmerman of the Washington Nationals. But, you know, seems like every time, every year, you see a glimpse and everyone starts to wonder, when does Zimmerman turn it around? But that still leaves the question that we talked about a little bit last week. Does Zimmerman pitch for the Tigers in 2020 or do we just let him go? Um, that question is still up for debate. Uh, we'll dive a little bit more into that here in the remainder of the season going into the offseason. But a little bit more on the highlights from this game one. Cabrera, obviously the man who hasn't really been able to hit many home runs this year, uh, he hit one out. It was a solo shot, and same thing with Mercer. They were both solo shots that went out. Um, and, you know, this bullpen, uh, for the amount of innings that Zimmerman pitched, the bullpen had to pitch almost four innings in this game. That's crazy because, you know, that is almost yeah. like a opener primary kind of deal right there. And uh, the bullpen, they didn't allow a run. Yeah, that which is not at often we see with the Tigers. I mean – you know, they want to fix their bullpen. Their bullpen has struggled within the past maybe more than a decade or so, maybe since the Leland days or maybe even before that. But, you know, they, they want to fix their bullpen. And it looks like the Tigers pitching is bright for the future. I mean, 
Uh, who knows who we'll see in the September call-ups. I mean, you got a lot of young kids down there that are just waiting to scratch the surface of the big leagues. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, it's really exciting, you know. And now, talking about these kids that are uh, starting to get their chances up here, let's move into Game 2 because we had a really big Game 2 here uh, in Los Angeles. Um, Verhagen, obviously, back out there on the mound. Tigers lost uh, 6-1. to uh, Verhagen, four and two-thirds, gave up ten hits. Uh, he gave up four runs, but only three of them earned, so obviously there was a couple defensive errors. Only walked one guy, but he only struck out two, so that wasn't the greatest pitching performance from him. But uh, let's uh, talk about this kid, Jake Rogers, uh, the catcher who's kind of been just waiting in the wing, just waiting to get his shot. Um, earlier uh, in the week, uh, they uh, put uh, Bobby Wilson on waivers, and uh, – I believe he cleared waivers by now, so he is back down in the minors. But they thought it was about time to give Rodgers his shot up here. Um, he was the Tigers' sixth overall pick, or he was the sixth overall prospect in the system. I believe he was a fourth-round pick. And uh, this game, he had a lot going for him this game. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, got his got his first Major League hit, in, and he... He got two hits. He had got his first major league hit and first major league RBI, and that turned out to be the only run of the game for the Tigers in that six-one loss. I mean, the one thing I want to say though about the Tigers is they don't usually play well at Angel Stadium uh, in the past few years. I mean, they just don't. They just haven't really played well on the West Coast. But they, but they took, but they won two out of three in the series. Now let's kind of move into Game Three and talk about that a little bit. Uh, Norris, five innings, so he didn't get the six-plus innings that he got last time, but he still went out there and pitched a good game. He actually pitched better this time than he did in the previous game. He went out there for five, didn't give up a run, and only walked two and struck out five. And uh, now uh, we got a little bit more about Jake Rogers coming up in this game. Matt? Yeah, Jake Rogers hit his first Major League home run, uh, which is really is really something to get excited about folks because I think this kid is going to hit for uh power I mean I don't know if he's a power hitter I mean well they've said that this kid's been known more for his defense so obviously we're going to be looking for that well but I mean come on this kid he was able to hit he was able to hit down in double a didn't really translate when he moved up to the triple a level but now it looks like you know he looks like he's ready to take on the major leagues by storm and uh make a name for himself here in the big leagues. And if you realize this, Jake Rogers is wearing the number 34, which is also the same number that James McCann wore when he was a Tiger, which is kind of ironic. So, and I, and one thing I want to mention about Jake Rogers, I think everyone should know by now that he's part of the Justin Verlander trade almost two years ago. I was going to say that they said is the, uh, he's the first one of that trade to get up to the big leagues. So that's going to be interesting next year. We actually might have a shot of seeing another player from that Justin Verlander trade make the big leagues next year in Daz Cameron. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see him as a September call-up. I mean, you know, I think he had a good spring training. Didn't make didn't make the twenty-five man roster, but and, and in the past, uh, I think they've talked. I think MLB has talked about getting rid of September call-ups, possibly. Yeah, but I mean, that kind of kills the joy of September because September everyone gets excited to see the kids that have been playing down in the minor leagues all year, the past couple years and getting to see the kids that are going to be possibly taking over the team here in either the near or maybe a little bit of a distant future. Um, so to wrap up uh, what we were with the angels series here, uh, 
Trout brings in the lone run for the Angels. Bullpen holds down the fort once Norris goes out. And uh, so when we come back after the break here, uh, we are going to be talking about all the trades that happened uh, right at the trade deadline. We're not talking the day of. We're talking right at the trade deadline. So we'll be right back right after the break. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. I'm Rick Hartley. I'm back here with my co-host, Matt Cripps. And uh, we just got done recapping the uh, Seattle series and the Los Angeles Angels series. But now it's time to get on to what happened at the trade deadline this past Wednesday. Uh, Matt, Tigers, uh, they didn't make any moves until Wednesday, until about the last hour of the trade deadline. This was, everyone looked like they were starting to get a little worried, like the Tigers weren't going to make any moves here or anything. So uh, get, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the first trade that... Uh, that uh, went down uh, with the Braves. All right, and I and I said in a previous in a earlier episode I'd said that Green was going to get traded, and he did. He gets traded to the Atlanta Braves for some two prospects: a first round pick and left-handed pitcher Joey Wentz, who was going to be in who's going to be in Double A, but his on, but his record is not really all that good: five and eight with a four seven two ERA in twenty games at Double A Mississippi. But he'll be going to Double A Erie. Wentz will be in the Double A's rotation, where, where with Casey Mize, Matt Manning, I believe, is down in Double A. Yeah, think about that. Down in Double uh, A, you got most likely the core of this uh, future Tigers rotation here, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds here uh, in the next season on who's going to be in the starting rotation, which kind of leaves up for a question of debate: uh, Do they fill voids in that starting rotation, or? Is it full rebuild now? The kids come up, the kids start pitching. Uh you know, I'd like to see I'd like to see the kids come up and pitch. I mean Oh, so you're taking a you're taking a different lane this week. Last week you were talking about uh how you wanted to see veterans fill spots last week. We were talking about the infield last week. If you want to listen to a little bit of that, go back to that episode from last week. But yeah, so now you're kinda you're starting to see what I'm getting at here. You're starting to see that it's about time for Well you know, you got a point. You gotta let the kids play. You you never know. I think that some of these young pitchers will be really good ones. I think I think well, I think Casey Mize, no doubt, is the future ace of the Tigers. I think Matt Manning was is gonna be a good one. Bo Burrows, uh, Alex Fayedo. You're basically giving us the entire Tigers future rotation right here, honestly. that, that They're the kids that everyone's been talking about. But, you know, we've been looking for those bats to start coming into this system. Not many bats have come into this system via trades here in the past couple years. Um, but uh, a little bit more about uh, a little bit more about Wentz. Um, his fastball, you know, it was in the high 90s. But uh, it's kind of dropped ever since he uh, sustained an oblique injury here over this past season. So uh, that's going to be something to watch out for. I think they said he's starting to get some of his velocity back. But um, as of right now, he's only throwing about a max 92 miles an hour out there on the mound right now. So um, he's going to be a kid to look out for. Uh, we'll keep track of those numbers as he's pitching down in Erie here in the last month of the season for them. That is, unless Erie does uh, make the playoffs. Um, now let's get into the second player we uh, got from this trade. He actually uh, made his major league debut last night. We'll talk a little bit more about that in next week's episode. Right now, we're just going to break down uh, Travis Demerant, the 2013 first round pick. Uh, he was, he was not originally drafted by the Braves. Um, he was originally drafted by the Rangers 
who uh, he got to make his debut against last night. He was the uh, 24th overall rated prospect in the Braves system. Um, he was originally a second baseman. We obviously seem to have a lot of infield prospects. We don't seem to have a lot of outfield prospects. So uh, kind of break down to us a little bit more about him here, and then we'll talk a little bit about him and how he's going to make an impact here in the big leagues. Well, I mean, he was, a, like you said, a second baseman moved to the outfield. And uh, one thing I want to mention is that that kind of kind of has to feel awkward to go up again to make your major league debut against a team that drafted you in, in the first round in 2013. Uh He's not normally he 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 doesn't really he's not known for hitting for average but he was hitting 286 in AAA this season um and he and he made and he made the Tigers roster now that now that Castellanos is gone um we'll break that down a little bit here in a couple of minutes but let's talk a little bit more about him um it's funny because this kid's swing he's not normally known to hit for power it's just the mechanics in his swing make it easier for him, meaning, you know, like the likes of the launch angle, the speed of the bat, all that kind of stuff. So um, do you think this kid is going to be more of a power hitter up here? Is he going to have to learn how to hit for power up here, or is he going to be more of an average-esque hitter up here? Well, he's had four seasons with at least 20 home runs or, or more. So I don't know. I think he – I'm going to say he's going to hit for power. I mean, I I think he's a promising young prospect for the future of this organization. I think Demerit is pretty much the future right fielder for for the Tiger for this Tigers team. I mean, uh Kristen Stewart has not really performed like like everyone thought he was. I mean, does Stewart have a job going into next year with the kids that are coming in now? Uh or is the outfield wide open other than, you know, center field's Jacoby Jones? I honestly don't know. I mean, I hope Kristen Stewart can find a way to get better. I mean, I he's only hit seven home runs this year, which is he's he's hit he's hit more than that in the minors. I just don't know. I think I think he's still not used to major league pitching. I mean, he's he, I don't think he's comfortable. I don't I don't think he's recognizing pitches. I think he's trying to do too much. And he just needs to get back to just playing the game. Yeah, I think what I think the Tigers need to do is I hate and I hate to say this is I think they need to send him back down. I mean, because I don't think I think he's lost at the plate. I mean, he's he's been a decent hitter this year. He's had good games and bad games, but he's not the Kristen Stewart that everyone thought he was. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Stewart, obviously, you know, not being able to. uh perform here at the big league level has been a big disappointment for Detroit fans because you know us up here we don't get a chance to go down to you know Toledo or double a or whatever place he's been at we didn't have a chance to go down there and really see him that much so uh hearing everything that we heard about him and him being this great prospect that's just been sitting in the minors just waiting to get to the big leagues now to be up here and not be able to perform that way that he performed down there yeah the big leagues is a different game but it's kind of disappointing to not really see glimpses of what has been talked about uh, down in the minors. Um, but moving out of the uh, Shane Green trade, let's move into the uh, next trade that I think all Tigers fans have kind of been waiting to happen because uh, this trade has been talked about ever since last offseason. Um, 
Nicholas Castellanos. Uh, he got traded to the Cubs uh, this past week, and uh, we didn't necessarily get from what we were expecting to get from. We got a couple pitchers out of it. So let's break these pitchers down a little bit here, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to start with Alex Lang, a 2017 first-round draft pick, Cubs 23rd-ranked prospect. He's he's two and three with an ERA of three nine two in seven games at at, in, at the Double A level. Uh, the the Tigers see him as a relief pitcher. They don't they don't they don't see him as a starter. Uh, and not specified on where he will be, be sent. I think I think he's gonna. I think he's been sent to. I think he's been sent to Double A Erie. I, if I'm correct, I mean. I was gonna say they didn't really specify too much about these guys where they were sending these guys, but talking about where they were before and how this kid was at Double A, you're almost guaranteed that's where you're gonna be. Uh, I'm pretty sure that bullpen uh, will look a lot better with him in it, even though he has about a 4.0 ERA. Uh, he has shown improvement over the past couple seasons when he's moved up the ranks. Um, so the funny thing about him is he's not a guy that extends a lot in his rotation. He likes to keep himself close to his body and his his arm action, obviously. It's not he, – he's not, like I said, extending a lot. He keeps his arm close to him, which makes it a faster release. And uh, – that shows a lot for his fastball and his off-speed pitches. It makes it harder on the hitters to have to pick it up. They kind of have to pick it up a lot quicker when it's coming out of his hand. And it also makes it easier for him to hide the ball. So this kid's this kid's already kind of got the idea of how to pitch in the big leagues, hide what he's going to do, and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be an interesting kid to see, hopefully, come up to our bullpen here within the next couple seasons. Because this bullpen, I think this is the youngest bullpen we've had in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think this. I think the Tigers needed this rebuild for quite a while. I mean, I think the. I think if they. I. I think Dave Dombrowski tried to fix the bullpen, but nothing seemed to work out. I think it was. I think they needed to rebuild. I think they were needed to be in rebuild. I mean, I kind of. I. I go back to, uh, tw- the 2015 season when the Tig when, when Dombrowski was fired, it was. It's almost like a message to Alavila saying, "I think I just." I think I just screwed up. I think you got to start all over and start from scratch and rebuild the entire farm system because uh, I'm like he traded David Price to Toronto for Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd. Well, yeah, but Price didn't perform here in Detroit that well, so that was probably one of the better trades for guys that were prospects. Now they're not really prospects anymore. They're here at the big league level. They're like the 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 main pieces that all these young kids are going to here in the big leagues right now. Yeah, and he also traded Cespedes to the Mets for Michael Fulmer. Who is now, as of we all know, out until next July or August with undergoing that Tommy John surgery. Yeah, huge disappointment. But, you know, I hope Fulmer can get better. I think I hope we see the Michael Fulmer like we saw him his rookie year. I mean, he had a decent 2017, but 2018 was probably the maybe the worst year of his career going three and 12. All right. Well, let's get back into this trade. Let's talk about this next kid here. Uh, Paul Rashan, uh, 2018 second round pick. And he ranks higher than the, the first round pick. He's the 18th ranked prospect in the Cubs system, uh, 10 and five and 17 games pitched. And he's at high a ball right now. So, you know, probably by next season, uh, he might get that call up to double a, 
and uh, be in that rotation with the likes of Wentz, Mize, Manning. That's uh, going to be interesting to see. Um, and uh, Avila talked very highly of this kid. Uh, at the age of 22, he says uh, he's probably one of the best in his class at uh, how he goes about his business out there on the mound. He knows how to use his repertoire. He knows how it works the best. Um, but he also kind of unspecified where he was going to be at, but I'm assuming that's where he's going to be going is a uh, high A ball down there in uh, Lakeland. Uh, so let's uh, give a little bit of a breakdown here. Even though I just kind of broke it down, I want to see your side of things here, Matt. How do you feel about this kid that uh, most likely is going to be on the up and up here in the Tigers organization? Well, I think sending him to Class A is a good move. Um, I don't think we're going to see this kid in the majors for uh, quite a few years. I mean, I don't think we're going to see him next year and probably not 2021, but uh, maybe possibly 2000, the, the 2022 season. I mean, are you talking – Full season or September call-up in 2022? Uh, I'm calling uh, September call-up. That's what I'm calling it because I feel like he just needs a little bit more time to develop, get about two more seasons under him. He'll be about 25, and then he'll be able to come up, and he'll be about in his prime years. He'll be able to work into his prime years, and then hopefully uh, this team's you know in contention by then. I think it's going to depend on how he does that year. I mean – I hope that I hope the Tigers will be a contender within the next five years. I mean, if 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 Rashawn does good, I mean, if he does good, if he does good next next season and two thousand twenty one season, we could possibly see him in twenty twenty two. You know, maybe as a September call up that year, or maybe even in the middle of the season. You know, that could, it, because anything is possible. Yeah, now, uh, before we end the episode, let's talk about a trade that didn't happen. The Matt Boyd trade. Matt Boyd, uh, they're saying this was the year we could have gotten the most value out of him because this was his best year in his career so far in the big leagues. You know, he has under a 4.0 ERA, and he's got the highest strikeout percentage of his career, averaging about nine strikeouts uh, per game. So that's... That's good for a guy that before we thought is about a number three or number four starter. Now he's kind of turned himself into the ace of this team right now because obviously Zimmerman hasn't been the guy that we all thought he was going to be. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting because think about what we could have got if we would have traded Matt Boyd this year. We could have gotten a lot, and I think that's what teams were worried about was trying to get him and giving up too much. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually – you know, I'm not. In a way, I'm not surprised that Boyd stayed, but in a way, I am. I think because I've heard rumors that the Tigers wanted to trade Boyd for a top hitter, and obviously, no one was willing to give that up no. because this year, or in the past, maybe seven or eight years now, the game has started to evolve and start being more dependent on the offense in your lineup than the pitching in your rotation. And I want to say this. Uh, I heard uh, on Sunday, Sunday game four against Seattle. I mean, it, it was possibly his final start, and I heard in the interview saying that he wants to be a Tiger. He's he wants to help this team in the future. He wants and and Shane Green and I bet Shane Green wanted to stay a, a Tiger, but unfortunately, uh, that's how this business works. I think Cast, maybe Castellanos wanted to stay as a Tiger. Because I think he was a mentor, he could probably help 
some of the young guys, but unfortunately that's how this business works. You, you have the players have no control over being traded. It's the, the GM has control over that. So, but Boyd, he's, I, I, I think he's happy that he's staying, that he got to stay in Detroit. I mean, you know, he's not, what he's not, it, it, it's going to take him three years to get him to the free agency is that yeah about about three years left until he hits free agency yeah so you know we got this off season next season we got though we got a bunch of years we got a couple years left to be able to get something good for him um but uh it's all going to depend on how he performs too because you know if he performs in the coming years like he's performed this year it that's going to be it's going to be something good to watch especially uh with the young kids coming up and probably pitching in front of him yep you know, like we said, the likes of Mize and Manning and all these other guys that are coming up that we just got. It's going to be something exciting to see. Um, so that about wraps it up for this edition of the Heartbeat of Detroit Sports. We'll see you next time.